You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, guys? Kels Charles Megan Murray here, and you are listening to Girls Talking Boys in partnership with SB Nation. As always, hello. Happy Friday. I hope everyone had a good short week. If you had Monday off, we made it to Friday already. Look at us. Look at us. Would you, who would have thought? <laughs> and it, it, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the fact that I know, like, um, you'll have to check out I think it was Jersey boys who did uh, talked about hard knocks and stuff, but I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that there's a possibility that our Queens gambit could happen. What? Because they're going to do hard knocks and like, you got to do the epic battle of Amari Cooper and Micah Parsons. Like it has to happen. If that's not a major storyline in the entire series, then it's a massive missed opportunity. And we need to, we need to find the producers. Like everyone, we got HBO now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally just at HBO. We give us the content that we truly need. Yes, I mean, but you know, what a week. I'm I'm here for that because they used to give out like awards after games like the hammer or like the special teams ace or whatever and this could be like a running part of the awards I don't know if they do them anymore with McCarthy but you know I just feel like that could be a part of the thing or like whoever wins the tournament that week gets to smash the watermelons or whatever fruit that McCarthy feels like demolishing <laughs> in his like pregame speeches like this is that could be a thing right like that feels appropriate it does feel appropriate and like I was talking to John Mishota the other day and he mentioned, as we can all tell that Micah Parsons has this big personality. Yes. So he was just like, I just feel like he's going to be the main character. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm here for it. As long as I get the Queen's Gambit. That's honestly, it really is truly what we need. So everyone genuinely please at HBO <laughs> because that's besides like a GTB cameo. Like I was thinking about it. And I was like, I just feel like we got to figure out a way to get in there. Like, even if I'm up there, like recording my show, like maybe we, maybe I just like run behind this, the, the, you know, the cameras and go full, like, you know, random dude in the background with peace signs in the air. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm not above it is what I'm trying to say. I mean, it could happen. No chill was had none chills. I feel like David Hellman's going to make some ridiculous cameo as well though like you know he's threatening to wear the most obnoxious neon clothing he owns so just look out for that in the background (laughs) (laughs) oh my god truly like 
there was this time on TV, like when they were recording, I think it was NBC and they were, they were filming the team coming off the buses at training camp. And you'll remember this Meg yeah. and Dave, like just full on trips over the, some, like the, the parking, whatever, like the concrete, what's that thing called? Whatever, something in the parking lot and almost just loses it on camera. And it's phenomenal. And like that is also the content that we need. Like we need did a good job of trying to brush that under the rug, but I'm glad that you keep it on the forefront for all of us. Yes. You're welcome. Honestly, (laughs) I'm here for you. Welcome for this content. Humbling him constantly. Um, well, speaking of content, we have a really cool show for you guys this week. And it's very funny because I, Megan and I were talking to him beforehand. Um, you guys may have remembered or heard of Devin Street. And um, I, was, I was sending him, you know, kind of an idea of what we, were, what we were wanting to discuss with him, which is training camp and life as an athlete and behind the scenes look and everything like that. And let me tell you, we didn't talk about that whatsoever. Um, <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) we're starting to get some of that. And they're like, hold on a second. You said something really interesting. So it turned into, as we always do, a very, uh, a deeper conversation than intended. (laughs) Yeah, it was really cool. I mean, obviously we still touched on all the football things and, but I feel like we took a lot of his philosophies and dug into the philosophy side of being an athlete and, and, and just, you know, how you approach things on and off the field. And then some of the greats that he's been around and, um, you know, he had some really, he has some incredible Tom Brady stories, which I thought was pretty cool. I mean, the guy really did get a chance to play with a lot of cool people, um, you know, from the Romos and, and, and Dak and Witten and, you know, and the Matt Shotton. Castles of the world. Let's go Matt Castles. Touchdown. <laughs> you know who he didn't get to play with though? It's a damn shame. Kyle Orton. <laughs> keep holding that uh what am I gonna say keep holding your torch out there in the rain sister literally <laughs> like someone's gonna tell him how creepy I am and like he's going to file like a restraining order against me he's like this bitch talks about me constantly I mean, you're not following him you're just I mean, you know talking about him this keep is it, keeping the legacy alive he should really is- pay you he should thank you <laughs> so much I agree Kyle call me um anyways this is a really fun interview we hope you guys enjoy it Devin Street wide receiver former wide receiver for the Dallas Cowboys um and well he's a cowboy uh, forever let's let's not forget cowboy for (laughs) life without further ado let's go on and dive in all right and joining us now we have the one and only Devin Street Devin welcome to the podcast my friend long time no talk Long time no talk. Yeah, thank you for having me. Great to tap in, <laughs> cowboys. You know, I'm still alive. <laughs> yeah, it's like once a cowboy, always a cowboy. Where are exactly. they now? Edition. Yeah, With, uh, right? featuring right? Devin Street. Boy, oh, it's actually where are you now? I know we talked about it offline, but we're gonna talk about it online for a minute too. Like, tell the good people what's going on in your world and and what's the latest. At least you want to, you feel like sharing. How's that? Yeah. So, I mean, geez, blast from the past feels like I played, you know, ages ago, um, <laughs> just turned 30. So, but yeah, um, after football decided to come out to Colorado. Um, I've been out here since like 2019. Um, yeah, just wanted something different. Wanted something new. You know, I'm originally from Pennsylvania. So a uh, city kid, concrete jungle, I guess you could say outside of Philadelphia. Um, yep. And then, yeah, I just wanted something new. So I just picked a spot on the map at that. At the time uh, I left 
the Cowboys, I was pretty big into, you know, fishing, um, fly fishing, the outdoors, stuff like that. So Colorado seemed like the perfect place. And then, you know, with Denver Metro, it was pretty cool. Um, young professionals, um, kind of cutting edge technology out here and, and decided to pick Boulder. Um, and then, yeah, I just like, I took like a year and a half, two years kind of off, um, stacked my chips kind of well, saved some money up. Um, it's gone now. All gone now. (laughs) (laughs) I had too much fun, but, um, yeah. And then just enjoyed it. I got into a whole bunch of different things. You know, I got into photography, videography, uh, fishing, just kind of got into, or just experienced things that I'd, I'd never experienced before because of the rigorous schedule, you know, with the NFL and things like that. And just, you know, the time and dedication that's needed there. Um, it, it was nice, you know, kind of R&R, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, funds ran out and then I was having too much fun. And then I was like, OK, I got to get a job. You know, I'm not just retired for the rest <laughs> of my life. Um, yeah. And then got into real estate development, construction, got into that world. Um, you know, during my time in the NFL, I went to the Ross School of Business for a little bit um and really studied entrepreneurship and business um i was a marketing major kels uh, what's I'm, up yeah I'm a marketing major in, <laughs> in college so i kind of wanted to do something along those lines but um yeah kind of changed routes and then like i said more infrastructure and real estate and i was working for a company out here um through a mutual friend um and then, yeah, kind of got my reins understood the business a little bit and now i'm kind of off on my own um me and another buddy of mine um, started our own real estate venture, and now we're just doing our own investments, I guess you could say. So that's dope. Yeah. It's yeah. booming out there. Are you keeping busy? Yeah, yeah, it's booming <laughs> for sure. Uh, yeah, we're definitely keeping busy, but oh, it's like it's um, <laughs> the real estate market is it's on its head right now. You know, prices yeah. are crazy. Um, I was gonna say, you talk about a rigorous schedule at the NFL. It must be pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I'm just throwing myself back into it. You know, just stress. <laughs> all and he headaches. knows how to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's all I know how to do. If I'm, you know, if I'm not stressed out, I'm doing something wrong. So no, hey, uh, words to live by, right there. Preach <laughs> it, my friend. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but it's all good you know because like it's like um it's like a new breath of life really um you know just kind of doing a different career uh regular person you know yeah. I've, always, I've always been a regular person but um it's been cool you know it's 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 had its highs it's had its lows but i'm enjoying every day of it just because i'm getting better you know every day as a person you know professional uh family all that stuff so what's that transition like because i feel like i have several friends that have you know transitioned out of the league and you know they spent a good part of their career doing just that like being an athlete and then you know i'm sure you you just said like a regular person i'm sure that's kind of a weird thing to watch what you used to do on tv right and and you're still doing amazing things but walk us like what's that been like for you yeah, it, I think it's been it's been relative to I mean just to each individual, you know, because I stay in contact with a lot of um, players I used to play with um, and just friends who used to play, um, and it's it's all been different for for both of us. I think we've all hit our, our super lows, you know, because it is such a big transition, you know, when you have sixty five thousand, seventy five thousand people chanting your name and then it's just over like that, you know, mm-hmm. you always you're always cognizant of that, but when it happens, it's like man, what do I do? You know, and like, where's my self-worth? Where's my purpose? Um, all that stuff. But, you know, for me, it was kind of, I was always prepared for it. Um, which in retrospect, I shouldn't have been, you know, I sh- it's, it's more so I shouldn't, I was always worried about like, what am I going to fall back on? 
but you know looking at hindsight I, I wish I was more in the moment you know I wish I was more of like you know I don't have a backup plan this is kind of it and and that's all I have you know um Denzel actually had a speech like that he had a, in a graduation it was pretty good and it resonated with me yep. um so awesome. yeah so the transition was man it's uh, a lot of people don't know how hard it, it was um but, you know, for some, it was a lot harder. You know, I've talked to other players who really gone through a lot of depression, anxiety. Um, yeah, like suicidal thoughts and everything, you know, because they didn't know where that purpose was and, you know, what their their next step was, you know, and, and what fulfilled them outside of football. But, you know, like I said, for me, it was just something that I was always prepared for. Um, and I've definitely hit those lows for sure. Um, but I think it's it's molded me into who I am now. And then I think it also helps me talk to other players um, and just other people too. I mean, everyone goes through it, right? You know, the highs and the lows or, you know, you're top in your company and, and you the company goes under and you have to figure it out or, or whatever, you know, I think we all face that in life. Um, but the transition definitely, definitely was hard just because it was such a I mean, you're part of the 1%. I mean, even under that, you know, just experience in the NFL. And then we've been doing it since we were five years old. And then yeah. for it to just stop, you know, and grow an adult life and like go figure it out. It's definitely tough. Yeah. Cause like, obviously you're incredibly talented to be able to even be competing at that level. But I think that some people don't realize like the, the dedication it takes to actually truly get there, you know, yeah, it's like to truly get there. Like it's, most people don't make it and to be yeah. able to make it and to actually play. And, right. you know, even if you don't play for 15 years, it's a massive accomplishment in itself. And so, like you said, like you're preparing your whole entire life for it. And then one day it's just kind of done. And, and I'm sure yeah. like, you said, like it's weird, but I was, I'm interested because you, you mentioned it. You kind of wish you would have lived a little bit more in the moment, but at the same time, it feels like you had a good backup plan. Why did you feel like you always had a backup plan though? Did, did you just, was that kind of how you were raised to always, you know, have that in mind? Or did you just think like, Hey, I feel like realistically, I won't be doing this forever. Like where was your head at in that regard? Yeah. You know, I think it was, it's like the, it's like your parents, right. Or it's like people who have never experienced it saying like, Oh, it doesn't last forever or NFL stands for not for long, you know, just mm -hmm. hearing that all the time. It was like, you know, even just coming across fans, you know, it was never like, it was always, you were talking about football, but then I was like, Hey, what are you going to do after? And like, Oh man, Jesus is going to ask me that again. So, you know, it's just thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it. And then also it was like, I've, I've loved football so much, but at the same time, I always knew there was a bigger world out there than just football, right? Like football is really, it's just a game, you know? Um, I mean, there's a lot of things that come with it and there's so, I mean, it can be beautiful, right? And so many people can look up to you and, be a role model and all this other stuff but at the same time I was always just worried about like hey you know when it's done what what can I do you know um and like I said I think I focused on it too much because I'm a perfectionist um at heart yeah. and I yeah and you always hear the, the stories like the like Andre Risen and all these other people who just blew through all their money had no idea what to do and then the hurt and the pain to you hear all that stuff so I never wanted to be that guy you know um but yeah, like I said, it's, it's kind of like a double-edged sword because you don't want to be too cognizant of the end game, but then at the same time, you don't want to be unprepared. Yeah. Unprepared. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. Do you, um, still watch Cowboys games? I have to ask. 
<laughs> yeah. So are you a Cowboys fan? Like, are you allowed to disclose that now? Because I know again, like you said, you didn't grow up there. Like I'm sure yeah. it was weird for you. I don't know if I ever told you this. My family's from Philadelphia. So Westchester oh, okay. is where yeah. my, yeah, my mom's yeah. side is from. So we'll talk some, we'll talk some PA things here in a minute, but, Definitely uh, I, uh, I, it, it was when I worked for the team full time, my family gave me hell and they were just like, what are you doing? You know? Yeah. And I'm sure I, I can't, I don't know your affiliations, but I'm sure you had some friends at least who were like my guy, like, what are we doing? Yeah. Yeah. All the time, all the time, you know, especially coming <laughs> from Philly. Like I'm literally from 25 minutes outside of Philly. So yeah. I would hear that all the time, but then I went to Pittsburgh university of Pittsburgh too. So then that was like, Pittsburgh <laughs> raised just, me. Almost. Like getting all uh, controversial <laughs> over there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just starting problems. So, um, you know, like growing up in PA, I always wanted to play for, I mean, the Eagles or, or the, you know, the Steelers when I was at that pit at the time, just because I don't know, I had a bond with it. I, I experienced it, but sure. the Cowboys were always something like, man, if I could play for the Cowboys and then I'd be like, nah, no way, you know, <laughs> just because they are They're the Cowboys. I mean, they've always been star studded. Um, I mean, champions, you know, Jerry Jones, you know, charisma, you know, all that stuff, polarizing personality. So it was always one of those things to play for the Cowboys. And, and when I did get drafted by them, it was just like, yeah, dreams do come true. You know, it just even in that moment. Um, but definitely ruffled some feathers, you know, with the family and just, you know, being a PA boy. Because um, I've always held true to that, too. And like my dad, you know, is a big PA guy, you know, he's still never left, still in my hometown. You know? <laughs> so I, I'd hear all that stuff from his friends and family members and stuff. But I think at the end of the day, they were all still pretty happy for me just because. Did they ever wear a Cowboys jersey? Ooh. Yeah, actually, yeah. They did? They wore yours? <laughs> yeah. They would only wear mine, and they would only wear it when we were playing, and then as soon as their team was going. They're like, all right, we're done. We're, we're done, you know? But, uh, <laughs> right. but yeah. That's a good support system right there. <laughs> definitely got the backlash, but, you know, I mean, um, to answer your question, I'm, I'm, I'll always be a Cowboys fan, you know, Thank just you. because they gave me an opportunity, you know? Yeah. Um took a chance on me, drafted me, should have drafted me a lot earlier, but just, whatever, <laughs> you know, <laughs> got there when they could, you know? <laughs> exactly. I got in trouble. It's the college, you know, spell. so I understood they might've thought they were taking a risk or whatever, but no, I'll always be a Cowboys fan. I'll always follow them. Um, and I do, I, I don't, I'm not like devout, you know, I don't know all their draft picks, but you know, I know they got a pretty good linebacker, um, at a Penn state. Another PA guy. Yeah. Another PA mm. guy too. Um, mm. So I know they got that wide receiver from Stanford, Simi, you know, so yeah, I do pay attention for sure. I still, I mean, cause even, you know, the teammates that I played with too, Tyron and Lyle Collins, Dak, um, you know, all those guys, you know, we had a, we had a bond in the locker room and I'll always, you know, continue to root for those guys and, and wish them the best, um, you know, going forward. What was the locker room? Like, I feel like that's one of the things that as someone, I feel kind of lucky to be able to have gotten the chance to, you know, have those types of interactions with you guys. And before I worked in the league, you're always an outsized perspective looking in. And I think Meg and I have, we're, we're a Des Bryant stand podcast. Like, cause I, yeah. I've been able to have conversations with him and I'm like, I know his heart and like who he is, like, and what he's the, the interactions that we've had personally. And like, I can't speak for every single thing he's ever done. And like, I'm not going to try to, but like, right it's a lot more than just this guy like yelling on the sidelines, right? He's actually yelling because he cares about it. And I always tell this story on this podcast, but he came to me one time and he was like, my first family was in the locker room. Like, this is why it means so much to me. So like, 
what was that like dynamic like? Because again, like you're, you play with a lot of guys like that are still playing for this team and who are a lot of leaders. And it, I'd, I'd love if you have any insights or color commentary you care to share uh, with, with the group, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> and that's, I mean, I was there at such a, like a fortunate time. Like I was there with Tony Romo. Yeah. I mean, arguably one of the greatest, well, you know, arguably one of the great, yeah, greater quarterbacks say, arguably there. Arguably being the uh, opposite <laughs> word there. <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. I agree with you, but. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, you know, being there with him and then Big Wit, you know, I mean, unanimous Hall of Fame guy. I mean, uh, it's, there's just so many. And then with Dez, uh, DeMarco Murray, uh, I mean, so many guys. Darren McFadden, you know, like one of the all-time Wonderful. college greats. Yeah, just a great dude. Um, it was really cool because I got to see so many different walk of, walks of life, like accomplished, you know, different backgrounds. Um, so I, I think I was really there at a fortunate time in Cowboys history and just the team and just players who were there, coaches who were there, Jason Garrett, you know, long history with the Cowboys. Um, so it was really great. And then, yeah, at the same time, too, it's like, um, you know, I see these guys every day. And then, of course, we see what's in the media and we see how the media portrays guys and stuff like that. And yeah. it's just it's not like that. Right. Um, and, and to touch on Des's point of having a, a true family in the locker room, I felt the same way. You know, I've always, I, I come from a really good background, had two parents in the home. You know, um, I had a pretty good upbringing, fortunate, you know, just kind of middle class, blue collar. But at the same time, I understand Dez's point, you know, from that family aspect, just because it touches on the transition of the NFL, right? Like me and you can have a conversation about that transition, but having that the feeling, right? And guys understanding what that's really like, there's a, there's a special bond there because it resonates and, you know, that person goes through it, you know? So I think that's the biggest thing what I miss I miss ball. I miss, you know, putting on the uniform, suiting up on Sundays. But I think the biggest thing I miss is that the camaraderie, you know, with each other and the players. Um, and you lose out on that as much as you want to hold on to it. You still lose on lose out on it even after the fact. And that's for whatever reasons. Right. Whether it's men thinking they're, you know, too bold or too you know masculine to talk about things or whatever it is. Uh, it's just hard to keep up with them. But yeah, being in the locker room, it was it was something it was something crazy. You know, we get new players coming in, like Greg Hardy. You know, I'll never forget him coming in and, and just like everyone talking about him, and then just seeing how he approached the game and a whole bunch of different stuff. He was and intense. Then, yeah, yeah, super intense. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just like you know, just seeing all those people come through the room and then being able to talk to them and like you see them, you see what's in the media, but then like you get to know them, like. I got to talk to Greg and yeah, he has his, his different personalities, but I mean, just like a, a good solid dude, you know? Um, so it was, it was great. Um, I think just our wide receiver room was really cool just with, you know, Cole, Cole Beasley was, uh, a, he's a really good friend of mine. We still stay in touch. Um, actually went down to Austin a couple weeks or uh, a couple years ago. Um, and then, you know, we hung out at his ranch, did all that stuff still. Um, lucky we still stay in contact with, um, so yeah, it was just like, uh, when you're in that locker room, you, you're just a band of brothers, you know, and, um, you know, you get close to each other and, you know, media can say one thing about this guy or that guy, but you know, those guys true at heart. And I would say for the most part, we had a lot of a good group of guys 
um, you know, no one was perfect, but at the same time, we had a really good group of guys and I'll always cherish that, that bond that we had for sure. Yeah. You really were yeah. up there at a really unique time. I feel very similarly where I got lucky that I was yeah. there with like Sean Lee, like Miles Austin. Oh, Sean Lee, yeah. Yeah. Like Jason Witten, Tony Romo, like Des Bryant, DeMarcus Ware. Like I watched DeMarcus Ware yeah. retire. Like that's, yeah. I mean, these are legends walking around you and it's just, you don't really, you think about it, but you don't think about it because it becomes kind of normal for you. And mm-hmm. then when you take a step back and you're like, oh, wow. Like, I mean, that was a moment in time. Like that's kind of wild to be able to witness that. And it's honestly yeah. pretty badass. And I feel very similarly in, in terms of like, I always be a fan of the Cowboys because ultimately they're the ones that got me my first job ever in the industry. And I don't work full-time for them anymore. I do some part-time stuff for them because they just can't get rid of me. But (laughs) 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 like, I, I feel like it's very sentimental kind of relationship, if you will. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's good too, because like, like you just named all those names, right? Everyone knows them for their name, but at the same time you got to talk to them and like see the people that they are. So that was always cool to me is just understanding, you know, the person behind the number, I guess you could say. Um, and I really enjoyed that. So, yeah. Who did you feel like was like the most, if you had to name someone, the most misunderstood or one of the people that does, does, yeah, no, I don't even have to think about it because I still know that guy's heart, you know I mean? And people ask me all the time, like even, Oh, you played with Des Bryant. And that's the first person they bring up, but mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, really who had the biggest chip on their shoulder and like would really yell. It just didn't get the attention from the media was Jason Witten. Yeah. Like wit was like the <laughs> biggest like head case, not head case, but like he he cared. Intense. Like, I, yeah, like intense. intense. Yeah. Like it, you know, and it was like, I mean, he would get mad at anyone, whether it was Jason Garrett, uh, Tony, whatever. He wouldn't he wouldn't back down, he wouldn't shy away because it was all for the greater good and it was just for his passion of the game, you know, and, and you have to, you had to recognize it as that and not like, Oh, the guy's complaining or this or that, but it's just like, they care. They care so much. And I think Des cares a lot, but man, wit was like, "Mm," you know, (laughs) if the camera was on him more, you know, I I (laughs) think, yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, his personality was way more, um, stronger, I guess you could say, but I mean, I've learned so much from that guy. Um, and Des, both of those, but I would say Des was the most misunderstood. Sorry, those are my dogs. Yes. Aww. Bring them on. Let's go. Yeah, I got two fur babies. Yeah, I don't know. They probably they're running downstairs, I running at someone. Your mind past. like eating a bone. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. No, I, I, I wanted to kind of recall something that you said though. Um, you mentioned like <laughs> Oh, it's, Dogs in the oh he's just chilling. <laughs> Wait, what's his name? This is the secondary yeah, yeah. mascot now. <laughs> so this is that's Bella Rue. Bella, Aww. her name is. But and then there's another one. He's his name's Rocky. Oh, cute. But Love yeah, they're kind of hard to see. She's like a a reservation dog. She's because there's a lot of like reservation land out here in Colorado and New Mexico, and she's like a total what cattle dog. But I love her. She's biggest love bug and she'll go on any fishing trips with me love that i got the other one and he's like scared of his own shadow won't even put his toe in the water he's like yo let me be in the city you know let's go walk around here and she's there my outdoor go. girl so yeah a, she's a little the, batty 
too mixed. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love that. Yeah. Sorry, Meg. Oh, you're fine. I didn't even see the dog come in, and I was very glad. To Distractions. Sorry, sorry. The best distraction. Um, no, I was just gonna say. Um, you did mention like you know being out of the league and uh, going through kind of um, like a lot of guys experience depression, <clears throat> and also when you're um, in the locker room, guys are masculine, don't want to talk about their feelings. That was kind of your experience, you know, back when you were playing. Have you noticed maybe like a slight shift in that with like even guys like Dak or anyone, you know, discussing their mental health more openly? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think it's a good thing. I think the league has definitely evolved in that way. And then, um, yeah, but I think it's just what's going on. What's what's gone on since, you know, I've exited the league, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, just about with George Floyd and, you know, just how the world is more inclusive, you know, I mean, I was at Athleta the other day and they had mannequins on there that looked like every different shape and size of a woman, you know, and that, that should, that's how it should be. You know, yeah. it's, it's never been like that. Um, and I think we like the generation that's in the NFL right now is very cognizant of that. Right. I think, you know, you look at past times and seven, 60s eat me be a man you know that, that's just how that's just how it was you know but it's all facade you know and whoever tries to live like that is just faking it because at the same time we're all humans men women doesn't matter purple green so um i think they're doing a, a way better job at that um and i think it's needed you know because there's a lot of guys who you know fell by the wayside who didn't feel like they could speak out ended up making decisions that you know it's sad you know like Vincent Jackson you know Junior Seau rest in peace all those guys yeah you know I feel like they had things going on where they couldn't speak out about it and didn't know how to deal with it and then it all just comes to you know you know a tip you know where you can't can't control it so I mean I think it's so important especially in the NFL because of that stereotype you know, around surrounding masculinity um, and all of these things. And then what do you put in your body too? Like, you know, and some of those things, you know, you see so many different guys who are more vegan or health conscious, you know, don't, you know, cause that's been a myth too, is right. Eat red meat, do all this other crazy stuff, but that's a, that could be a detriment. So um, I think Dak is definitely one of those guys too. And that's why I'll always love Dak for who he is as a person because he's like that, you know. Um, he's very cognizant, very down to earth, you know, very, you know, he cares too, right? Um, he cares about his teammates. He cares about his brother. And I think that's just from his upbringing, right? I think his mom being there and then him having to deal with that, um, you know, I think that's why he's just the perfect leader, the perfect quarterback, Um and it just couldn't have happened to a better guy. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's awesome. I, I love that that's happening in the league. Um, I love just what they did with Carl Nassib, too. You know, that was amazing. You know, the NFL is gay, you know, and just all these, <laughs> and all these things, right? Because he's not, yeah, he's the first one to come out, but there's been plenty of, you know, NFL athletes that were gay, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but just couldn't, didn't feel like they could talk about it. And they couldn't, to be honest. Because, you know, let's be real about it. There were teams that weren't accepting of it. I mean, that's another thing, too. I played with Michael Sam, or you know, and, yeah. he, you know, he everyone knew that. Right. But at the same time, he still wasn't accepted, you know, by different figures in the locker room or different coaches or whatever, um, 
because I thought he definitely had the talent, more talent than some others to, to definitely play in the NFL for, for longer than he did. So I, I'm glad the way it's the acceptance has been going up, and I'm, I'm, I'm so glad that the players are really taking charge of it as well, and especially the injustice, the social injustice, you know, inequality, um, just what you know, Pat Mahomes and all the players did last year too. And then, you know, they're making – front offices follow suit right and like Roger Goodell follow suit you know yeah. I think they're the ones who led the way and then you know owners and things are, are understanding it now too so um, players are very important in the NFL and I think they're, they're doing a really great job for for the NFL and then just for society because there's young boys young women you know looking up to that too and now they they understand possibilities are endless and you know they could have a voice and speak out do all this stuff so it's been, it's been great. I think like it's always been said, like you have a platform when you're an athlete, but to see them like really like feel that power of their platform has been mm-hmm. really cool. So yeah, I yeah. Don't, totally agree with your point there. Yeah. I, yeah. I think it's refreshing actually to hear you be so candid about that because mm-hmm. I agree with you. I don't think it was a, a thing that was as supported up until pretty recently. And I'd love to dive into that further if you don't mind, because yeah, of course, I think there's a lot of discussions around why well, I didn't come here to have these types of discussions. I came here to just watch a game. I came here mm-hmm. to quote, escape or whatever else, or, you know, just, we know the famous like stick to sports quote, right? Yeah. What, what do you, what's your <laughs> response to that? If you know, like when, when you hear things like that, or if you were in that position and someone had said that to you, or if they did say it to you, what, what say you to those types and, and that, you know, kind of commentary? Yeah, I think it's just the closed mindedness to not progress, you know, I mean, I mean, just to just to say shut up and dribble is it's just marginalizing anyone. Right. And you wouldn't do that to your own family, your own daughter, your own son. So why would you do that to someone else? Right. Who has worked so hard to have this platform and want to have or want to cause change, right? Or, 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 you know, and it's, it's good change too, you know? So it's not like it's someone seeking out like um, a devilish activity or whatever it is, you know? I think it comes from a place that's good. And for anyone who doesn't want to hear it, it's just closed-minded, like I said, doesn't want to progress and doesn't want to see the other side, right? So, you know, for anyone to say that, that's, that's what they, that's what they want to say. But, you know, it's hard for me to try to, sway that decision or change that decision but um it's it sucks you know because like i said i think you know we're all here on this earth to help each other you know i feel like humans are not here to just live their individual life and that's it um i feel like we're all here to better each other so and even if you could just listen to a conversation or listen to what that person's thinking it might change your outlook i know it sure has changed mine you know um i know i always I haven't been acceptant of everything, you know, but the more I open myself to it and the more I listen, you know, and just listen, right. Cause a lot of people, I think it's hard for people to do that is just listen. Right. Um, but when you do that, you, you have an openness, right. And you, you, and you might not understand it. Right. But at least you, you listened, right. And you're, you're trying to. Um, so that was really cool. Like even what Drew, Drew, B, Drew Brees did, you know, like what he went through with the whole military thing and just not understanding. Right. I mean, it's just, it's just not understanding it. So you can think, always change your opinion when you're presented with new information. I feel like people don't need to hold so tight. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, I love that. But yeah, and, and I couldn't agree more with that. Um, so yeah, boy, that's that's a hard one, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, go, definitely. <laughs> we could go round and round with it, but um, I just I I think it's going in the right direction. Yeah. You know, it's a lot of painful conversations. It's a lot of conversations that no one has had, or you know, eyes haven't been opened up to it. But it's needed. Um, it's, but it's those same situations, like, you know, like in a relationship, right? When you're in a relationship, and not all relationships are rainbows and butterflies, right? So you go through things, whether it's, you know, you have financial troubles, whether your spouse has cheated on you, whether, you know, whatever it happens. If you don't have those difficult conversations, you guys will never make it through. You know, you guys end up getting divorced or whatever it is, just because you hold it all in and you're not really understanding the other person, you know. And, and you might not too. You still might get divorced, but at the same time, you've had you've had those difficult conversations. So, yeah, like, um, how did you get to that point? Like, what brought you here? Yeah. 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 Exactly. So, I mean, if you have those, then, like I said, you're more understanding. You're more open. You feel like you can have those conversations with them, and I feel like that's what's going on, you know, in the league. So, vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Yeah, Um, I'm I'm kind of of the opinion, like the more that you're given, the more that is expected of you type of thing, no matter what your religious beliefs or whatever else it may be. But I just, I think that it feels if you can, you should. Right. Exactly. You know, like that's just kind of been my mentality. And I think that that's, it makes a lot of sense to me. If you can, Mm -hmm. you know, like lift while you climb, like it applies to a lot of things across the board. Um, Mm -hmm. So I love that. I think that's, it's totally uncomfortable, you know, because I think there's also a lot of things that you don't know that you don't know. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, shit, like, I've, I, I would have never in a million years thought of that, but that's the whole point. That is the exact whole point of why you have to do it. Because yes. otherwise you sit there with your blinders on and it's like, what are you doing? Like how, how, for me, I can't imagine a world like that where you're mm-hmm. just doing the same thing over and over again because it's comfortable to you. Right. And like, yeah. what, 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 what fun is there in, in being stagnant and, right. and you know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't know. Those are the, those are the people that don't understand it. And like, I, everything that's molded me has been through uncomfortable situations or failures. Seriously. I mean, in my triumphs, I mean, I remember those moments, but I don't really remember what I learned from them. You know, yeah. um, I've always learned things from, 
yeah, all my trials, my failures, I continue to fail every day, especially in real estate, you know, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, but that's the beauty of it, you know, and uh, even, I don't know, that's what like, uh, that's what J. Cole said too, right? There's beauty in the struggle. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's what it is. And then to whom much is given, much is required. Um, so there's always going to be people that don't see it, but I think there's more people starting to pay attention, which is, is really cool. So I, I love your comment and I can't give it fully away, but I've had this idea that I've been noodling on for a really long time. And I, you just kind of brought part of it to life mm-hmm. where you talked about your failures yeah. and I have this thing. Um, you follow me on social media, so bless you for that, but I'm a pretty like <laughs> open person. Um, yeah. and, you know, the things that I talk about and I think I have a problem. I have an issue with like the self-help culture. Mm. Uh, especially like how it's been monetized lately, where so often like these people with quote, like perfect lives are like selling you this book, this like journal that you have to buy so that you can be X, Y, Z. And it's like, we're not going to talk about the fact that like you will come from a two, the dual income household and they, (laughs) you know, you make a hell of a lot of money as it is. And so like you were able to start your own business or X, whatever. Right. So like you were already, you were already skinny when you were trying to sell me that supplement, (laughs) but like, cool. So I say all that because I feel like a lot of it's kind of bullshit and you can cuss on this podcast because like, we're cool like that. Okay, yeah. cool. We're going to go ahead and throw the lot. E on there. Yeah. <laughs> cool. um, and, but what I think the biggest growth comes from is like you said, in your failures, like tell me the time when Tom Brady like fell to his knees. Like I want that moment. Yeah. I want that moment when he was like, this isn't working and right. I have to do it differently. Or, you know what I mean? Like talk to me about those moments in time where like you had to dig so deep that you realized what really mattered to you and how you were going to get there. Like that's where I think it lies the real stories in humanity. And mm-hmm. I'd love, do you, I mean, do you have any off the top of your head? Like I'm, I just, I'm, you, you, you've talked about it. So I'm imagining that you have a few moments, but like, those are fascinating to me. Yeah. Well, I can tell you one right now, actually about Tom, you know, well, when I first got to the Patriots, it was it was a crazy situation. It was like I I was traveling for like seven hours. Got a call. I went I went to the Jets and got a call from New England. And whatever it was, I got into New England at like I don't know three thirty in the morning, and then I had to be over at the facility for like physicals and everything at like five thirty. And I remember some assistant picked me up, some, you know, no name, like 20, 21 year old kid trying to, you know, make it with the yep. Patriots. And um, yeah, he picked me up. We got over to New England. And this was like right after camp. I got released from, you know, Dallas. And then um, it was like going into week one or whatever, like that. But it was like an off day because they just had a crazy day before that. And I got there at 5 30. I saw all the trainers. Well, there was only actually one trainer, head trainer there. Um, and, you know, I ended up getting my physical and everything like that. And then I ended up seeing Tom. Like, I walked past the – like, I was walking to the training room, and then on the left was QB room or whatever it was, and I saw someone watching film. I didn't really see his face, but I was like, oh, is that Tom Brady, you know? Because, yeah. I, I mean, I haven't seen Tom either, but, you know, I just played with Tony, so – kind of the same thing um but anyway so i ended up doing that whole thing all the whole day and then um ended up watching film um you know just getting ready got my locker room ready doing all that stuff and then 
we were staying in like this extended stay, right? And for whatever reason, no one ever came to pick me up. So I was just stuck at the facility, right? God. And I didn't have the guy's number because I was still there and whatever. There was a mix up. So I ended up being there till like four o'clock and I was only supposed to be there for like two hours. And Tom, you know, was still there. And he pulled me aside and he said, hey, what's up, man? You know, how you doing? I'm Tom Brady. I was like, yeah, yeah, I know who you who the fuck you are uh <laughs> Thanks, <though>. yeah <laughs> but um yeah and then he ended up you know we ended up having a conversation and you know said why are you here and all this other stuff and you know they picked me up off waivers and all that shit um he said good you know I- i'm glad I-, I called you in here i wanted you to be here you know i've been following your journey and stuff like that i'm like following my journey like how i mean what you just asked me what my name was you know um so, yeah, he ended up just saying, you know, I've been following you and you seem like you got a good head on your shoulders. And he said, let's go to work. So I said, yeah, OK, cool. So then anyway, he ended up calling someone to pick me up. Um, and then they took me back to my extended stay. Um, and then I had to go back that night. I had to go back at 730 because I had something was wrong with my EKG or whatever. And I had to get my EKG. So then I went back over at 730 and. I ended up getting my EKG, ended up eating some food. And then I was walking out. No one was in there. Doctor, doctor was like, okay, I'm going to go. And the janitor was in there, only, only the janitor. Um, and they were cleaning up. And then I was walking out, getting ready for my ride. At this time, it's like 930 after that. And then I ended up walking past the same room. And don't you know, it's fucking Tom still sitting there. So he was in there at 530. In the morning, had that talk with me. He might have went home for like a quick lunch or whatever. But point being was he was there that entire time on his off day when they just had a crazy day from 530 to 930 at night, you know. So me seeing that was like, I'm totally failing. I've never spent that time. I've never spent that much time in a facility. Right. And here's this guy, you know, 14 years in the NFL, you know, here right? The only one there, no coaches, no other players, just him and the janitor. So me seeing that, I wish I saw that when I was, you know, 13 or like when I was first, when I was a rookie, you know, I mean, Tony put his time in, Sean Lee put his time in, Jason Witten put his time in, but nothing like that, you know, because that trend was the same, same way. He was the first one in and the last one out. So I tried to do it. I mean, there was like two days after that where I was, I wanted to be the first one in there. Tom beat me still. Um, and then I, I was like, you know what? I'm going to sleep here because at the time the Patriots had like sleeping quarters where you could oh. sleep in there and they had like fl- float tanks and all that other stuff. So you could stay there. So I tried to do that. <laughs> I just couldn't, I, you know, I just wasn't for whatever reason, I just didn't have that, you know, and, and he did. So I think that put it into perspective for me, like now where I'm at now, it's just the time and the dedication. And then we ended up having a conversation right before I left the Patriots. And, you know, he just talked about what it really takes, like what it really takes, you know, not what it takes to just be successful, what it takes to be the greatest at something. And it's almost, it's almost a psychotic you know, nature, seriously, you know, it's, it's almost like it's, but it's, you understand where it can take you, you know? So that always will hold true to me. And I try to approach 
every day like that now too, is just understanding the value of time, the value of dedication to time, but then also that struggle, right? Like, you know, one thing that he said to me too, it's, it's not easy, right? I sit here and watch film and like, I want to go home and spend time with my kids and, you know, Giselle and all this other stuff, but where I want to be, they understand that. And they understand that time, the dedication, it's not forever. So, I mean, that, that will always hold true to me. And if you're ever going through tough times or whatever, you know, he's stressing anxiety as part of life. You know, he said, you don't need a, a, you know, medical or whatever. It's just part of it. And those who can deal with that and push through and persevere really end up growing and, you know, accomplishing what they want to accomplish. So that was my quick story about Tom Brady and his psychoticness (laughs) and just how crazy he is, but you know, he's, he's, he's the greatest player ever, not just the greatest quarterback, but the greatest player ever. And I think that's the reason why. And also pair that with talent too. You know, I think he does have talent, but I don't think he's always had that talent. I think there's plenty other quarterbacks who are way more talented than him. He just had dedication like no other. I, I love that. And I think, I think greatness is consistency. And I also think, I always think back to when I was younger, my dad would tell me when I was, you know, little high school hero trying to do my sports thing. And, and just in general in life, like, I think you learn a lot of life lessons from sports, but he was like, when I'm making a hire, mm-hmm. you know, he works in finance. Okay. And yeah. He's like, so there's a Same lot thing. of people that come in and they have a badass resume, right? Like they went to Wharton or they went to Harvard or whatever amazing business school and yeah. the cream of the crop in terms of on paper. But you yep. give me the guy over here who went to Georgia state mm-hmm. who works his ass off chip on his shoulder give it to me all day yeah he's like i'll pick him all day over over this person who feels entitled because of what they were given or where they came from or you know the talents that they may have like you can lose sight i think pretty easily if you have some of those gifts or some of those privileges or abilities and Mm -hmm. and i think that's really unique for a guy like tom who obviously has that but also is like no like i'm I still feel the need to grind it out like that, that in its core is like the greatness that it takes. Yeah. And then to tie it all in, that's what I was, you know, what you asked me is the failures though. Right. And that's what it was. That's what he won. He already failed so many times before that. Right. Mm-hmm. And just in everything that he did from, from his standard, right. Or from his pr- perspective of a standard, you know, um, like he wanted to go number one, wanted to be first round, all that stuff. So those are failures to him. And, you know, everyone has their own sense of failures, right? But that's what motivated him. And he never wanted to experience that level of failure again. Now he always, he's, you know, he's always, you know, experiencing those small little failures when you throw an incomplete pass or whatever it is. But those failures are the ones where he really learned about himself and really learned what he wanted to achieve. So, yeah. So yeah, that's just what it ties back to is is the failures, you know, kind of drive you. So. I also, I, I like this too, and we can talk about game philosophy and I'm, I, you know, you're obviously you're coming back on the podcast cause we have other things to talk about. We're not going to make right, it. Let's go. Again, yeah. So I'm sorry. Anyway. <laughs> right. But I like, like I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, one of my other things that I love, like psychology wise, especially, you know, building teams, right. Not just like sports teams, but I want yeah. the people on my team that hate to lose, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I want the people that hate to lose more than they like to win. And I, and I, I recognized it when, even when you were talking and you've been talking about how like you quote, didn't have it as much as maybe the Tom Brady did. But even when you, when you first hopped on, you made a joke, you're like, the Cowboys didn't get me. I wanted them. (laughs) I love that shit. Give me that. Give that to me all day. You're like, you're like, no, man. Like, like 
you should have picked me higher. Hell yeah, you know? yeah. I know my I know my worth. You know, I know what I'm capable of. You know, <laughs> yeah, you like, gotta, like yeah, yes. Like get mad that. about that. Like I'm like yeah. no. Like I mm-hmm. like get mad about not being where you want to be versus being like I'm a badass because I got drafted. Which again, in itself, getting drafted is such a massive accomplishment that so many people can't even say they've been able to do. You know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You got to have that chip on your shoulder. You got to have that confidence you know um because i mean if it ain't you you know no one else is gonna have that confidence in you you know i mean you got to be your own biggest fan for sure um and you deal with that too in the nfl is just because i mean you're getting all these outside critics you're getting coaches some coaches really like you some coaches don't but you got to continue to know who you are and know what you're capable of and just know that yeah you are a badass no matter if you're you know an rn because some of those women are badasses, you know, whether you're doing marketing, whatever, is you got to have that. And, you know, I think that's what's, um, that's what separates you too, you know, just having that confidence for sure. So, yeah. yeah. Did, you ever, did you ever like Google yourself when you're playing or like, like, how did you deal with that? You know, the critics, cause I feel like I can't even, I know sometimes <laughs> some of the stuff like Megan, I deal with and like, God bless her. Like having Megan Murray on your team is a wonderful thing and a great place to be. Cause like, she'll just go and like, motherfuck people that try and slide in my dms or like in my mentions she's like excuse you you need that but like i can't even imagine like some of the stuff that like you dealt with like how did you deal with that those types of pressures and just people having opinions when they don't even know what they don't know yeah so i googled myself all the time because so when i first started doing it or when i was in the i guess college it hit me hard you know but it was more it it gave me the drive, but at the same time, it would hit, you know, some pain points, whether they were calling me skinny or, or this or that, but I was never good at it right away, you know? And I think anyone who tells you that they, you know, oh, I don't care what people say about me. Bullshit. Right. It's, it's human nature. Right. And I think biological tendencies, there's some things that we can't get away from. So it would hit me hard at first when I like first started paying attention to it, but then after that, I wanted to know what people thought about me because there was some truth to it at some points too, right? Like knowing your weaknesses, right? Some people can't deal with that, right? Is someone calling you out on your weaknesses or whatever it is? And some, some, some of the stuff was bullshit, you know? It's just yeah. commentators or whatever, you know, reporters not even having a clue, not even <laughs> sniffing the field, you know? But at the same time, there was some truth, right? And there was other things where I wanted to analyze that and be like, all right, I got to go out and prove this, you know, and not prove it to them, but like, I could understand where they're coming from. I need to go prove that, you know? So I always enjoy that. And I think like, I always picture myself or like a CEO, right? If they could like have employees that they could trust for them to come into their office and be like, Hey, I think we're doing this wrong. Or, Hey, I think you're doing this wrong. Right. And, you know, some might be bullshit, right? You might have that guy who's never sniffed, you know, corporate or whatever, the highest level. But at the same time, if that CEO can look at that, internalize that and be like, okay, we better, that's like a really good company. And so for me individually, that was like, man, that's what I, you know, that's what's going to cultivate the greatness in me or the drive in me or whatever it is, you know? So I, I did pay attention to it and I did care um, a lot earlier on in my career but at the, at the same time you know longer down the road um it kind of yeah it molded me so i i like i like that shit i like when people talk shit about me because i 
I, <laughs> I like it. You know, I want to prove it to them. Um, I go through with my mom too, you know, like your own parents, you know, you'll go through that with just even like with the real estate stuff, you know, I can remember it. It's, it was slow. And I mean, it's still slow now. It's not like anywhere where I want it to be. Cause I have like such a high standard and I want it to be this big thing so I can do other things with it too. Like I'm not in real estate just to do real estate. I want to be able to do more with, you know, funds of it and just all that stuff. But, um, yeah, I like, I love when people say you can't do something or they critique you this way, or it's not on their time. You know, it's not on their timeline. I love those people too. Right. That will like, Oh, you, you've been in, you know, you've been doing this for a whole year. You, you haven't done this yet. I'm like, Oh, okay. Have you done that? Right. You know, or like, where am I going to be in 10 years? You know? Um, so yeah, I love that. And I, I pay attention to a lot of those people who've done that, like Elon Musk, Tom Brady, you know, um, I have some people in my small circle that have been the same way that have just been totally down and out. Right. And no one has believed in them and they, they do it just because, you know, they're capable of doing that. So that's cool. Level. Yeah. Um, well, we're already going to rope you into another podcast, so you okay. don't have a choice. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> like right, we cool. didn't even, the, what we talked, we told you we were going to talk about, we didn't even talk about it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, we have so much to talk about. So you just said so much interesting stuff. We had to go on tangents. We did. Yeah. Like, I didn't yeah. realize how, how very much our brand you were. So this is good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I love I, it. We can I, talk about so much stuff. Yeah. Like I actually want to close out today's episode, um, your first appearance with us. Cause you're now a friend of the show, but what's your, if you had to pick an NFL memory in your career, that's your favorite. Like when you just look back and you reminisce, you're like, that was it. Like, that's, that's a moment in time. Like I'll never forget. I'll tell my kids or I don't know if you plan on having kids, whatever. Like I'll, I'll, I'll tell everyone that one. Yeah. Um, it's probably that Tom Brady story just because that's, I mean, that's one that will always hold true for me, but that one, I mean, my, my touchdown this is my first and my first touchdown. Yards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so that was like, it was, it was at Giant Stadium where I, I like, I'm in a pipeline in Pennsylvania. So I'm like 45 minutes from Trenton, New Jersey. I'm 45 minutes, well, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, depending on traffic to Philadelphia. And then like another 45 minutes to Soho, Center City, Manhattan. So at that game, I had so many people there, like even people I didn't even get tickets for or know that were at that game, the Giants game at MetLife. Um, and it was one of those things where, like, I always envisioned myself scoring a touchdown in the NFL, mm -hmm. and it was like that. It was like a time crunch game. It wasn't like a Super Bowl or anything, but it was a game where it was tight. We were going to go into overtime, all this other stuff, and that's just how it happened. And, and making that catch, like, I'll never forget how time just stood still. Like that was the slowest, like when Matt Castle threw the ball, it, it literally felt like it took forever for that ball to get there. And then it was just so quiet. And then I fell to the ground and I got up and I looked the ref like right in his eyes and he put his hands up and it was just like, holy, like, is this a dream? You know, just because I've been dreaming about that since I was eight years old. I'll never forget. I was in the back of the car when I was eight years old and my, you know, and we, we were going somewhere. We were going to like lunch or something and i just was sitting in the back and i told my mom i was like i'm gonna score a touchdown in the nfl one day she's like okay honey you know <laughs> eight years old you know it's boogers <laughs> coming from my nose and stuff like, okay keep working hard and you can do whatever you want baby <laughs> you know <laughs> and it was weird just because i had that same vision you know or you know i can remember that vividly after i scored that touchdown 
Um, so yeah, I think those two, those two memories um, will always be long lasting. Those are pretty good ones. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Decent. I don't know. <laughs> to each his own. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have like a celebration dance or were you just like, Oh my God. No, I still cringe at like what, I mean, like it was so awkward. I remember bees like jumped on me and I did like this awkward thing with my chest. I looked so like unathletic and like he didn't really know what to do. And it was like, man, I wish I would have planned for that. But like, <laughs> so yeah, like the videos on YouTube and I think it was on the SPs and stuff too. And they showed it out and I'm like, Oh God, that was the worst celebration. That cannot be like T.O. or Ocho Cinco or whatever, you know? So yeah, I just oh, gave the ball, gave the ball back to the ref, and whatever, did a weird little chest bump. He's thing. Like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, I wish wow. I were prepared for that. It would have been a lot better if I did something like cool. But well, I think it was it was a pretty good catch, though. So. Uh, yeah, you can handle yeah. on what you would have done differently, and we'll let you display it for the world to see. <laughs> okay, cool. Okay, <laughs> TikTok or something. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's the next step in your next venture, right? Yeah. Creating TikTok. That's. <laughs> yeah. I'm too old for that, man. Like, I got some people that are like, "You need to get on TikTok. You'd be great." And I'm like, guys, I'm I'm at the point where I'm like asking people how to like do like a hands-free IG video or something. Like, it's God, tragic. That, yeah, that app is addicting. But yeah, all the dance on it, it and is. everything yeah. but yeah. i'm seeing people like position it differently now though so yeah i mean i think it's i think it's progressing too i think you could do a lot of yeah. cool different things but um yeah but yeah i've been i've been trying to stay off social media a little bit more just because that world can get a little toxic and uh but i think it's a great Preach platform it. too so yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, my friend, this has been wonderful, way beyond expectations. We knew you're gonna be great, but didn't realize it's gonna be this great. So awesome, because um, I came into it like, what the hell do I want to talk to you for? I don't even know what I'm gonna talk about. I'm like a blast from the past, barely even played, you know. So I appreciate you guys having me on. It's been really well, fun. So. Uh, we're being serious. We're never having you back, so don't worry. But uh, tell the good people where to find you at. Anything, um, you know. All those, all those things. You're you're on Instagram, and I I actually personally like following you. It's fun. Um, you do some cool. cool. Things, yeah, yeah. I'm on Instagram, Dev Street. Um, I'm on Twitter too. I don't really tweet too much on there, except corny lyrics that tribute to my life or whatever. Love um, that. Dev Street <laughs> one, but yeah, I'm mostly on Instagram. I would say. Um, but yeah, you can just follow me on Instagram. Um, I I don't know. I guess there's moments where I get kind of creative and artsy and do some cool stuff do some outdoor stuff and then just give insight you know what's These going on in my life but... fishing pictures i'm interested in seeing <laughs> okay cool <laughs> and there's good. a lot of men with fish out there but i'm only interested in this <laughs> okay, yeah. i try to make it visually appetizing i'm a very visual person so i like to you know sometimes like i said i get in my moods where i want to just be creative and make something cool or or whatever you know so i think i'm i'm gonna start doing that more after you know, I get this real estate stuff going more, a little bit more, but, um, that takes up a lot of time. Um, but like I said, I love venturing off and just experiencing new things. So if you're like that and if you're eclectic and I mean, I guess my Instagram could be entertaining <laughs> too, but you know, if, if you're eclectic, you're probably, you, you, if you listen to this podcast, you probably are eclectic. So I okay, think, good. I think yeah. you have some fans already. Cause I'm the guy I'll <laughs> disc go. golf. I'll go golfing and I'll like, go out into the outdoors, you know, next I'll be on a Harley driving a motorcycle. Yeah. So Flavor of the week, man. Like, it's life, insane. life, do, do whatever floats your boat, whatever, you know, sparks I your interest. Have many talents. Yeah. Go out and do it. Yeah. 100%. Experience it. Feel it. Never, taste it. 
Devon Street, everyone. Thank you so, so much for joining us. Um, thank you. For real, we're having him back. So don't worry. And uh, we cool. appreciate you, my friend. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Kelsey and Megan. Appreciate you. I mean, word on the street was that he is such a great guy. <laughs> Sorry. I had to get my pun in there somewhere. And the street was right there. <laughs> but without regardless of my crappy fail. pun every he's time. awesome that was so cool <laughs> yes he really is first of all i appreciate your crappy pun um and it was very much like off the cusp so like congratulations for that because i that would have taken me a long a, a long minute to contemplate and put together so it goes to you but yeah man i mean that was so fun. That was so cool. Obviously, we're going to have to have him back and actually talk, you know, maybe some more X's and O's. <laughs> yeah, now he's a friend of the pod. He can come like recap a game with us or something. Yeah, yeah. But um, I just thought that was neat. And I really did. I love that Tom Brady story. I thought that was really cool. And like, I, I just I can nerd out on a lot of things, but I also do really love, you know, just the, the sports psychology and philosophies and, and how you approach a, the game, but then apply it to other areas of life too. And just the way you're living. And I, I don't know, I think, um, that was really cool to just get that behind the curtain look and, and his insight from at least performing at that high level. Because again, like we realized that, you know, maybe he, maybe he didn't make it to like the Antonio Brown level or what, whatnot, not that he's an example, but, uh, yeah, yeah I was going to say, <laughs> but you know, at the same time, like, I don't, I yeah. don't think we realize at times like what it takes to actually get to the league, you know, to even hundred percent is massively impressive, you know? Yeah. And it's something you just don't think about. Like when you leave, like you're obviously like a Dallas Cowboy, like that's so cool forever. And like that, you know, just ride that high, but like, it's so smart that the way he thought ahead and, you know, the way he just explains the, mental toll it takes on what you once you leave the spotlight of wearing the jersey and having that star on your helmet so yeah very cool yeah exactly so anyways we hope you guys enjoyed it um like i said we, he will be back we have given him no choice but to return and he was warned he was warned. <laughs> he really was we were not kidding either i think he realizes that but <laughs> Um, guys, thanks so much for joining us. We do appreciate you tuning in. Make sure y'all are subscribed to the blog and the boys podcast feed, wherever your podcast, whether that is Spotify, Apple, iTunes, iTunes, there's an S on there, <laughs> you know? Yeah. The, the, that thing, the service that's been around for a fucking decade, Kelsey, <laughs> he's my friend, put the E on there, RJ. <laughs> he already anyway. did from the interview. So we're good to go. Oh, right. <laughs> okay, good. Thank God. Anyways. Um, yeah, we're on all those platforms. You should subscribe. You can also follow Meg and I as well. I promise. Um, I'm a little bit better at spelling, not that much better. Um, when I'm on social media, I'm on Instagram at Hey, Kelsey Charles and on Twitter at Kelsey underscore Charles and Megan is She's bringing her writing back. So she's a lot more interesting than me, but you can follow me at, <laughs> at, at Meg Murray with four R's. Um, and I'm not of, quite as eloquent, but I try. Well, you actually are because you created this next phrase um, out of, out of just in all of its majesty. And I, I kind of plan on using it because I'm going to actually be going to Philly this weekend. Um, so Philly for never um, I'll, I'll, I'll preface that, but how about you just really emphasize the mentality as we head into this weekend and please pray for me while I'm in bird city. <laughs> Dallas forever, Philly for never. If you're Never's a Cowboys fan and you're in Philadelphia and you see me, please make sure you protect me. 
I'm terrified. <laughs> the end. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Protect me, please.